Hello and welcome to the podcast. To all the child processes of the universe listening to my voice right now. Maybe we are all child processes in this operating system we call the universe. Spawning, chugging along, taking up CPU cycles from our precious, precious Mother Earth. But who is the creator? Who was the spawning process? Was it the operating system itself? Did we were we kicked off by our kernel processes or are we zombie processes with the main parent process long gone? And our asteroidal impacts the garbage collection of the universe in that case. Who knows? But anyway, welcome back. Today we have a great podcast lined up. Um, so is it just me or does Google search seem to suck a lot recently? I think the reason it's like not very good anymore is because we're using it wrong. And I don't mean like we're searching for the wrong things. We're literally using it wrong. It seems to be the case that we've somehow confused this search engine, this indexing of the internet for a knowledge engine or what we really want is a knowledge engine like think about your interactions with searching and how it works and when you're happy and when you're not happy what are you actually searching for like for example when you say why do some people get stuck at the planning phase and never actually do anything right if you type that into google you're probably going to get a lot of articles on like startups and just you know shit that you don't care about right and think about when you're the happiest when you're the happiest and you've done a search um, or even an automated search through your phone where you ask uh, either Siri, you know, what's the weather outside? And Siri says it's like 73 degrees outside, right? That is what you wanted to know. You don't care about the weather underground. You don't really want to pull up their stuff and search your zip code and like figure that stuff out. A result set where Siri doesn't understand you and returns pages where like, here's what I found on whatever you asked and just basically plugs and plays is infinitely frustrating. And some people say, man, what the fuck is this? Bitch, you're supposed to be my assistant. Why aren't you going through this and just figuring that stuff out for me? And so they've built in some use cases, but they haven't really done it for everything. Now, Google's version of that is a little bit better. Um, when you ask her questions, sometimes she'll do a wiki lookup and then read it out to you. And nine times, not maybe not nine times, actually, the hit rate's a lot lower. It's like five times out of 10, it'll be great. So, what we really want, what we're really looking for, are answers to part of a knowledge engine. We want to query it. Um, but not in the traditional sense. We just want to ask it questions and get knowledge back because we're constantly seeking out knowledge, right? In that sense, uh, Google's bimbo is pretty much you know better, but on the whole, it's not very good. So recently, um, Facebook announced M. So I've taken a look at M, and it sounds like it's going to be a better version of the same thing, but not a true AI. So I think we're trying to progress to a true AI state machine that we can sort of ask questions and have it do things for us and actually but actually do it in a useful way where we sort of have an infant like almost not really barely MVP version of it right now like when you get your phone and you ask is here set a reminder for something and she sets a reminder and then it reminds you you know that's great but that's one use case really what i'd like to do or the future that i would li like to live in is i'd be sitting on my couch and i'd be thinking about something and then you know not doing work maybe and then i'd ask my phone why do people procrastinate like what is the you know why right and then have my phone ask me like are you talking about the in the neurological sense or are you talking about like in general or just have it take a guess and be like well you know 
this, this, and that. Like it has to do with lack of interest, has to do with this, has to do with that. Instead of returning a bunch of articles on like, here's what I found on the thing that you asked, right? And that will probably lead to a better future. And I don't think, so I like that Facebook is getting really aggressive with it and trying to put out their version of it. But I don't think it's going to come out of companies like Facebook, maybe Google because they do some R&D stuff, but it's honestly, it would probably come out of IBM, right? They're working on the, if you remember back a couple of years ago when IBM unveiled Watson and had it play Jeopardy, that was pretty good. But at the end of the day, that was more of a statistics-based search or lookup, right? And um, right now, I think I've talked to this a little bit before, right now IBM's working on a engine called g2 which is actually i think it's um if i'm not mistaken it is it is a project headed by jeff jonas who i've had the pleasure of meeting and is actually a really really cool guy but basically that is more of a context-based engine and that's really where ibm's watson was really lacking when it played jeopardy is that it didn't really have any context to the question asked and that's going to be really powerful so if we backtrack to M really quickly and you'll notice that some of the demos that they were showing and some of the stuff that you've seen online or maybe if you played with it that it seems to generally have a lot more context than other previous assistants like Siri. Um, Google's is probably a little bit better because it has some sort of context. It can sort of figure out what you're talking about, but not quite. But even then, like the to the degree that we needed to have context and understand in order to really, really be helpful, it doesn't seem to be that great. It seems to be just another personal assistant being pushed onto the market. And don't get me wrong, the market for that is really hot. Maybe some people feel kind of overwhelmed by it, but on the whole, people are really excited for something like that, right? At least I know that I am. Because it'd be great if I could just ask a question. Even if it takes a while to compute where it's like, hmm, that's a difficult question. It's going to take a while. I'll get back to you on that. That's fine because that's something we would expect from an individual. If I take a junior developer and I tell him, hey, you know, I heard some really interesting things about Polymer. Can you go investigate and let me know uh, what you found? The I don't expect him to just turn around and be like, oh, yeah, this is what I found on Polymer. It's this, this and this or just have it on demand. I mean, if it did, that'd be great, right? Like if other people ask the same question and then you sort of query like the one kind of thing and it has a knowledge base and it's like, oh, well, I've already done that investigation. I can tell you what I found. And then maybe like do a quick look up to see if there's anything new. That's fine too. And in that sense, I'm really excited that we're doubling down on research and there's a lot of more R&D being done at company levels. Whereas for a while there, we were trending away from that. So obviously I wasn't there for this and you know maybe some of the older people will remember, but Xerox used to be a front runner for technology with Xerox Park. They used to be cranking out some really crazy, really interesting things. And then some asshole from marketing or some like business person decided, no, what we do is printers and fax machines and like boring office shit. And now Xerox, like if you were to tell someone, oh yeah, Xerox is like the leader in research for programming or some computer stuff, they, they would laugh at you. They'd, it'd be laughable and it is laughable. And luckily IBM had the foresight not to go down this route and to stay a leading researcher, stay uh, in the forefront 
IBM owns so many patents that they could probably stop all development right now and cruise on the patent money that they have. Like they don't need to build anything. Their profit margins are huge. And because their profit margins are huge, they can spend time developing projects like IBM's G2, which I'm really excited for when they turn it into a cloud-based service that I will have access to. That is going to be a game changer when they turn those services that were previously unobtainable to the common individual and turn it to the public or kind of how AWS did, right? Where if I want to vet an idea, I could spin up an EC2 instance and attach an EB, you know, an EBS, volu EBS volume, EB EBS volume. Um, maybe chain a couple of them together and get like X amount of terabytes. I could even play with some big data stuff and, um, either on the server or I could launch their uh, Redis instant, right? Like, or not Redis, is it RDS? Their, the, the database that they, that they provide, I forget, what, I forget what the nomenclature is. But that is accessible to me as an individual at a low price point to vet out an idea. Back in the day, like even in the 90s, that would have been really hard to do and really expensive to do. Nobody would have done it, right? And so we live in an interesting time where these ideas and the the hardware is there and the software is there to help you promote these ideas. So the fact that Facebook came out with its own personal assistant, that doesn't really surprise me. I know it took some people by shock. They're like, oh, why would you do that? It makes sense, right? Everybody is on Facebook. Well, not everybody. A, a good chunk of the population is on Facebook, right? And when they put out their demographics recently that 1 billion users were using on Facebook in a particular day, that is a massive amount. That's one in, they said one in seven of the human population. Yeah, that's a lot of people. That's a big audience reach, right? And if you take something like a personal assistant and you tie that to the product that you're that your users are using, then that's even that's even more powerful, right? Now, where it might get weird is if they start pushing like agendas or ad buys or that kind of stuff. Because one of the demos I saw was a use case where a person was, oh, you know, my friend is having a baby shower. What do I get them? And then it just pulled, you know, some baby shoes. That could get really squirrely if they decide, depending on how they implement that feature, because if I let like let's say Oshkosh Bagosh pay Facebook to be like, hey, if someone asks for baby shower shit, I want you to show my results first above my competitor. Then we get into some really weird territory where the where there's like a conflict of interest almost, right, between the consumer who's consuming the application and what a a potential would be consumer for Oshkosh over let's say Baby Gap, right? So. That would be like another form of advertising. And advertising has gotten really weird on the internet. Or maybe it's just me. But I browse the internet, just to change the pace a little. I browse the internet with Adblock Plus on. Adblock Plus on. And when I turn it off, it is some of the worst shit that I like have ever seen. It's, it's undoable. That is unprecedented. Because... Back in the day, like if you read a book, like if you when you go to a website, the way I think about websites and content that's on the website that I'm looking for, I think of it as a book. No one would stand for a, if you open a book and to have like a bunch of just uh, text like you're trying to read. And but there's like all these pictures and advertisements for shit you don't care about. It's, it's kind of the reason I don't read magazines. There's more advertisement in magazines than there are actual content, depending on the magazine. Right. To use that as your ad model 
or not your ad model, but your revenue model is atrocious. I hate clickbait websites because what I really want is the content and instead you're showing me all this ad shit that sometimes takes like two or three pages to get through to get to the content I want. A lot of the times I drop off before I even get to the end because I just don't care enough about the content, right? Likewise, if I gave you a book, right, and it had all this shit in it and you're like, fuck, this book sucks, right? But you, you still kind of want to read the content because it has the answers to the universe, right? Like some something that you really care about. But every time you accidentally read something or you put your thumb on something you didn't mean to, um, someone came over, smacked the book out of your hand just in a vile way, just smacked it out of your hand and then forced you another, forced you on another book, just gave you another book and said, here, read this. You'd be like, what the fuck? I don't want to read this. Why the fuck are you giving me this? I was reading that and I was having a hard time reading that, but I want to read that over this. What the fuck is this? And then you have to like throw the book back in his face and then pick up the book again and try to try to find out where you left off and. The whole time takes process. It's not a very clean experience and it's awful, right? Why are you putting up with that on the internet? Why is it okay to do that on the internet? Is it because it's new? Is it because there's so much screen real estate on your on your uh, computer screen? Like it's 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 disgusting. Like I hate mobile uh mobile sites sometimes because you can't unlike Unlike the ability that I have on my desktop computer to add AppBlock Plus, I can't really do that on my phone. Instead, I'd have to set up or I have had to in the past set up a computer that's constantly on that is sitting between the network outside, like the actual router and all my devices inside. And I basically have to like sit there and set up firewall rules to filter out anything that's ad based if I really want to be in a place where there's no advertisement coming in. I have to filter them out manually. Like I, I rip the ad block plus like ad IPs and I put them on the, I'm put, I'm put them on the firewall rules and then I make sure that they don't come into my house. That's a lot of legwork. A lot of people, they're not going to do that. And even then that legwork only gets it so that when I'm at home, that's the only time that I don't have ad, ad stuff on it. Right. If I go outside and I'm on my carrier network, there's ad stuff there. And, um, and I can't filter out all of them, right? Like sometimes there's push notifications to, that come to my phone from, I won't name the, the, the provider cause you know, like all, all providers do it. So it's not just one provider. You get like a thing where it's like, Hey, check out our promotion, come into our store. How dare you? How dare you think that I want to go into your store? That's like, I know that you're my service provider, but dude, I'm trying to live my life and here you are trying to push either your product or some promo that like I'm really not interested in because the company's never going to lose. They're always going to want to make money and they're always going to make sure that they make money, right? So any promotion that they're advertising to you, like what are the odds that it'll actually benefit you? They're pretty low. Maybe they're good, but if they're actually good, you will hear about it and you will go out of your way to get that promotion, right? So, so that doesn't make sense. In that case, what I really worry about is that they're going to use this new medium of an assistant to basically push advertisements on you in a way that maybe your buddy that's actually legitimately excited about something might tell you about some promotion that's going on at Amoeba Records or maybe a new band that he knows that you and him listen to, like, are willing to go see and be like, hey, man, like, um, Diane Woods in town. Do you want to go see them? And you'd be like, yeah, they're kind of freaky. Let's go see them. Right. I'm pretty sure they put on a good show. But to have a assistant do that to you. Right. A digital assistant. That's a little bit more nefarious, it seems, because 
it's not alive, right? Like regardless of whether they smooth out the way that it speaks or they um the verb the verbiage it uses, like they make it local to you where you live, like not only like local as in the United States, but like local as in Los Angeles or local as in San Francisco, it'll begin to mimic the people around you and then can start like sort of subverting or pushing the agenda of the company that built it or the people who have interest in you buying something, right? Or consuming something. And so that's where it gets a lot more nefarious. So I worry that with the advent of technology, we haven't set a precedent, a precedent, a precedent to say, I don't want you pushing these advertisements on me. I don't want you tracking my behavior and my movements, right? Because they're going to do start doing things like, oh, I noticed that you're at the promenade. Hey, why don't you pop into this store? They got this like good deal going on right now. Whether or not that is relevant to your experience, let's say you you have been looking to buy the new iPhone and then be like, hey, this Apple store carries that new iPhone that you've been looking at. Why don't you pop in to go look at it? That's still a push to get you to buy something that you may or may not be ready to buy, right? That you haven't decided to look on. And that's the the factor, right? And then as a result of that, Apple has maybe now made a, a gain from your money that you would have otherwise given that maybe two days later you found a better product or maybe you found out that, hey, the Samsung Galaxy, you know, whatever, it was a better fit to what you wanted. But you were subverted beforehand because you happen to be at a certain location where this assistant looked up at your geolocation and decided to encourage you to purchase something, right? And I know what the what the critics will say, but like, well, you know, there's going to be settings for that. You're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do that. Yeah, but the same way that like Apple pushed Siri onto your phone and set the default settings and now it's there and now it can interact with you and you have to go out of your way to turn it off. How many people are going to go out of the way to figure out the settings to figure out when or when not they, they, they want it on or they want it off? For example, how many of you listeners can in good conscience say that you understand fully the privacy settings of Facebook, right? So Facebook's the company that released M. We don't even understand their privacy settings, right? And then now they're pushing this personal assistant and... The idea that someone would say, well, you can set up the configuration so that it doesn't push stuff on you or it doesn't do it at certain locations. Good luck. Good luck figuring that out. I can barely figure out how to make sure that my mom doesn't see like sort of like the crude posts that I post sometimes. I I don't want to have to figure that out. Like when I pick up a book and I'm reading the content in a book, I don't have to configure the book to like show certain things. I'm not like, I'm not reading Dostoevsky and I'm like, I want the surprise ending where they don't find the revelation. He doesn't find God or whatever the fuck, you know, Dostoevsky was thinking, right? That's not how that shit works. And that has been a medium that's been around for a while. And so I think that we just don't have respect for this new medium. We don't have respect for the Internet and we don't have respect for basically ourselves to say, no, stop pushing this shit on me. I don't want it, right? And that's what we need to find. And we need to find our voice. And that's why the people that are so high strung about like the, was it the free internet and like, you know, free this and privacy and all this stuff that are making a whole lot of noise. And, you know, a lot of people, they listen to that and they don't understand what the big deal is. That's the big deal. The stuff that I'm talking about, you you know, and some people will be like, well, you know, that's fine. I don't care. But 
to be constantly bombarded by advertisements is ridiculous. It'll be like that Futurama episode where Fry's like, whoa, they advertised in my dream. And then everybody's like, yeah, so they advertise in your dream. So what? And then Fry's like, that's crossing the line. You can advertise on billboards, on TV, on the radio and magazines and like print and this and that on the street, like, but not in my dreams, right? Like that's what it's going to become where it's going to be where when the threshold that you find yourself uncomfortable, uncomfortable being advertised in, right? Maybe the bathroom, you're going to be like, you're crossing the line. You never set the president not to do that. So how do you expect them to not do that to you? Right? So that's what I'm talking about. On the whole, like I'll be I'll be honest, I'm excited for it, but we need to be weary and we need to start making ourselves heard when it comes to these issues. All right, I'll keep this one short. Be sure to check us out. We're finally on iTunes, so just look us up shootthebit.com if I don't know where you're listening to us, but if you are listening to us um through the RSS feed and you're haven't done the iTunes feed, that's available now. If you have your own thing that you plug in, you can um subscribe. That gives you the XML that um, for the thing, so you can plug it into whatever RSS reader or whatever you're you're using to to subscribe to the feed. Um, be sure to check us out on Twitter. We're at shoot the bit, and um, we were gonna do a Facebook page, but I think we might drop it, or we'll just wait till we have a bigger following. All right, man, or ladies, white man, I don't know. All right, everyone. All right, you zombie processes of the universe or child processes of the universe. Enjoy your CPU cycles and have a happy